Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour, a podcast where we talk to very interesting people about interesting stuff in the world of pop culture. And uh, this week, we've got a literal icon in music. This guy's changed music twice with both of his bands, first with Joy Division, and then again with New Order. And I'm talking about Peter Hook, bass player extraordinaire from Joy Division and New Order. We're going to have him on the show. But before we get too far, I want to thank our sponsor, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. They are an incredible hot sauce company out of Thunder Bay, Ontario. If you check them out at heartbeathotsauce.com and you use my promo code ROCKMAN20, you will save 20% off your entire order. Now, let me bring in our co-host and uh, the man who helps make everything look and sound pretty. And that's a big job when it comes to me. Ryan Stick is with us in the house. What's going on, Ryan? I uh, it's I'm going good, man. It's uh, I feel like listening to this dude's music these days. You know what I yeah, mean? It's, uh, yeah, it's good. Ryan's, but you've had a rough, rough patch. Um, and uh, and uh, I'm glad that you're I'm glad that you're here today. I know it's a big uh, Ryan lost lost his dog, and uh, being someone who who has gone through that losing my dog, it's the worst feeling in the world. Um, it's awful. And, uh, and I, uh, I, I, you know, I've checked in on you over the last couple of days. I've, I've messaged you and I, I realize sometimes you just need to be left alone with this kind of stuff because mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, I've never cried so much when, as, as when my dog was put down, it was the worst, worst ever, ever. I think I cried more than my, when my dad passed away, which is nuts. But, um, so I feel your pain. That's all I can say. I'm glad we're talking about Joy Division today because <laughs> our, our next episode is classless act. So it'd be like, yeah, my dog died. So time to party, dude. Right, like, exactly. It, it wouldn't make any sense at all. So I would like to publicly thank Joy Division for making sad cool because, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely I'm feeling I'm feeling this right now. And uh, it's, you know, I, I saw what you went through. I also, you know, had a special relationship with a uh, show that had passed on uh yeah the first time i ever saw your dog your dog your gigantor dog um <laughs> i immediately laid on the floor next to him and uh you know i thought he was like just some kids in a dog suit he was so big yeah and uh and our our dogs got to hang out once or twice i'm actually going to put a photo here you know why not let's immortalize them look at look look at these oh, two champions nice yeah. look at that oh yeah. man so cute yeah adorable they kind of look like they're trying to rob kevin McAllister in their height differences but uh you know <laughs> yeah it's, it's crazy when you think um mm. how they're they're such companions and they're so they're so important to us and we uh yeah. we don't realize that they're they're not there long enough you know they're just they're angels on earth and they're not there long enough but it's you know i remember when kevin smith lost his dog and he wrote this mm beautiful beautiful piece on how um you know they they're literally they're there to teach us and and it's so true they, i mean i'm sure you can attest to the, you know the fact that fox probably taught you so much and ijo did he taught me so much so my condolences to both you and mel it's awful it's a horrible thanks horrible man thing, i appreciate but, that but yes you could not ask for a better segue into into someone who you know who created joy division which are uh you know they're they're a band that's been known to uh to delve in the in the in the um in the realm of, uh, of sad and dark, definitely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah. this guy is not sad and dark. Uh, Peter hook is one of the most vibrant guys that you'll ever meet. He's filled with passion, um, 66 years old and still going strong. And it was just an absolute pleasure to talk to him. I have his base. Um, that's, that hangs in my room, as you know, that's signed to me. It says dance, dance, dance to the radio. He signed that to me. In I, I don't see your bedroom that often, Jason, believe it or not. It's not my bedroom. It's in my living room. I meant to say my living room. <laughs> But if you are lucky enough to see my bedroom, you know it hangs prominently. 
<laughs> a lot of bass playing music is happening in Jason's bedroom. <laughs> Anyways, Peter Hooks, yeah. iconic bass player, um, great human being, and we had a chance to talk to him. So why don't we throw to that right now? Here's Peter Hook on the Rockman Power Hour. There he is. How are you? How are you? I'm all right. Do you remember me? I do. How are you doing? I'm good. Do you remember Very this? Very neat and tidy, your office. Oh, wow. <laughs> we did that contest in Montreal about probably mm. about 10 years ago. Yeah, blimey. Was it that long? It was a while back. It was, oh. when you, it was when you first started doing these shows. Yeah, that scares you, doesn't it? Not it really. Fire, I'm actually bro. glad we're actually able to talk today uh, for a bit oh, at length so I, mate, i've just been to a uh, a funeral oh i'm sorry Paul about that. Rider of the happy mondays yeah i saw that that's yeah. that's awful and um yeah there was uh ian mcculloch sean Ryder, ian brown uh clint boone so many people from so many groups in manchester can and imagine i could see the thought on everyone's mind was wow this could be me yeah. It's, oh, it, oh, it was so, definitely like the ghost of Christmas future. Yeah, it was really weird. Very, did very he, Was it natural causes or was it? Uh, well, a heart attack. Okay. So, um, God knows, but yeah, yeah. It, it does make you feel blessed. It does. And, you know, that way, yeah. being someone who just celebrated 30 years sobriety, uh, I'm, you know, I'm very blessed. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know, I, I sobered up at 21. I got I got my act together fairly young, and here I am, 51, and um, grateful to be sober and grateful mm, to be. I lasted you know, a longer, a lot longer after you, didn't I? Yeah, well, I think so. But you've you've been you've been. I think you haven't had a drink in a little while too, eh? No, I I was 15 years sober. Okay, okay. Um, maybe 16. Now I drink very moderately you, you you've you've figured out a way to to, to keep no. it in check no <laughs> i'm hoping i've figured out a way but uh yeah no i mean um it was definitely the best decision i ever made yeah without a shadow of a doubt and um yeah no it's it's good you know it, it's 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 a very, very personal journey. 110%. And you can tell somebody till they're blue in the face, but until they realize it themselves and, and you know, and but you, you really do have to respect everybody's opinion on it yeah. and everybody's thought. So yeah, it's whatever, you know, whatever suits you. I yeah. It. I, I, I couldn't agree more and I know it works for me, but, uh, it's, I, I, I'm a, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. There's no, there's no, when it comes to that kind of stuff, there's no gray zone. It's just, well, I mean, I know how you feel. Yeah. Well done. Congratulations. Anyways, we're here to, we're here to talk about uh, some fun stuff. You're, you're coming back to Montreal. Um, and, uh, you're, you're bringing this show back, which I got to see, I think for the first time was in 2011. And, um, this, this is a great show and, and it speaks volumes because you've been able to do this for over a decade. Um, this Peter Hook and the Light show, this band, uh, it's to me, and I and and you know, this is no slight on anyone. I've seen I've seen your other mates and I've seen you, and there's an energy that when you're not there, it just isn't there. And when you're there, it's there. So I I, I it's love very kind of you to say. But it's Thank the truth, you. and it's the Thank truth. You. And I'm and I'm a and I'm a big fan of your work, and I'm a big fan of both New Order and Joy Division. So for me to stand back and say that with you know with a biased opinion, it's the truth. And I've spoken to many people that feel the same way. You're the rock, you're the heart, you're the soul of of 
that band in terms of the driving force. You always have been. So when you're not there, it just doesn't, it's not the same. So I, I love these shows because you give a chance, you give people a chance to see this music being played as far as I'm concerned with, with, you know, the right aggression. Like there's, there's just certain yeah. things about this music that needs to I, be played. I right will way. probably be trying, try and be kind. Okay. And say that um, it's the way the music was written. Yeah. And interestingly, as we were saying before about respecting people's journeys and people's growths, um, some people do change. Yeah, definitely. And their uh, tastes change, their opinions change. Um, and that's probably why so many bands um, split up, mm -hmm. it has to be said. So, you know, whether you're going to respect that, I mean, I, I do or I did respect the others. What I didn't respect was the way that they did it. Yeah. The way that they've acted since so um i'm afraid there's no respect from from that point of view but no i mean we started in 2010 quite selfishly for me actually because i'd been djing for a while after new order split up in 2007 and it's great being played paid to play other people's music yeah well, I was desperate to do my own. Uh, I sort of had an ill-fated um, bromance with uh, Free Bass, with Andy Rourke and uh, Manny from the Stone Roses. Uh, that didn't work out. Too many chiefs and not enough Indians. So um, I was, you know, I was scratching my head, if so to speak. So the thing was is that um, I, it was funny because it, it was Bobby Gillespie. And at the funeral today, um, Alan McGee from Creation was talking about how Bobby Gillespie was um, inspired by the Happy Mondays. Right. And in turn, I was inspired by Bobby Gillespie. Quite a simple statement that he made in an interview, which was that um, the LPs that they'd written, he felt now that they'd picked the wrong songs to play and they should be playing the other ones they left behind. Yeah. <laughs> again it's that thing about your taste changing sure so and i thought wow you know that's weird because that's what it was like in uh joy division with us you know when we wrote a new song we sort of dumps everyone was falling off the end yeah. and um i thought yeah it's weird that how your taste change and then i thought you know wouldn't it be great to celebrate the lp you know a very important thing in yeah. my life a long player record always has been ever since I started listening to music and picked up my first long player, which was uh, 99p and it was the age of Atlantic sampler. <laughs> yeah. With, um, Led Zeppelin on Luden Wainwright, John Prine, all the bands that were on Atlantic records. Right. So the thing is, is the magic I felt when I played that cactus was another band on it. that I discovered at that time through that 99p sampler. Uh, I wanted to capture the magic of what Joy Division went through with that because I was aware that not many people had heard Joy Division live, yeah. hardly any outside of very short space in Europe. So the thing is, is that they'd only heard the records. Martin Hannett, our producer, made such an impact with his take on our music that you weren't only celebrating Joy Division with a record, you were celebrating his expertise and vision as well. So I thought, oh, that's good. That's two things. Also, it stopped me impersonating the group because that is the last thing I want to do. Um, yeah. I'll leave that to other people who shall not be named. 
Um, so the thing is, is that I thought, great, play the LPs in full as they sound as much as you possibly can. And right. that's where the idea came from. Now, it always struck me as soon as New Order split up, it struck me that as New Order, we had never celebrated anything to do with Joy Division. Right. Not a year, not 10 years, not 29 years. And I thought, you know what? I'm fucked if I'm going to let it be 30. To celebrate Ian's life and his legacy, I thought, yeah, it felt very, very important to me at that point. And that was what we did in 2010. We found Uki another job, impersonating himself in, in his old group. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and it was so enjoyable because... Just for the fact that you I, those songs hadn't been played yeah. for so long and had. There was only a brief flirtation that New Order had with Joy Division. Yeah. We did it once for a cancer benefit in Manchester. And the only reason that I think New Order agreed to it was because I was going to do it anyway. Right. So I was going to do it on my own with some right. friends. Um, and New Order then stepped in at the last moment. And I think that it was, you know, I think it was a... Um, a selfish move on their part, really, because they didn't want you to do it without them. Right. Uh, but anyway, so the thing is, is we had a brief flirtation with it. I thought it was fabulous. Um, we actually played it again as New Order once at a gig in Wembley in London. And Barney hated it. Really? He didn't like it. He said, it's miserable. What? Not doing that again. And in one way, I was very disappointed. But on the other hand, I didn't understand I understood he was singing someone else's lyrics. Maybe he didn't have the um, attachment to the group that I had because he'd obviously, you know, become the singer of New Order. I did understand it. It was fine. You know, it was okay. It was it was very disappointing, shall we say, that we couldn't do both. But anyway, so so there was no celebration of anything really to do with, with Joy Division and what Joy Division over the years had achieved. So, yeah, to come back in 2010, and our first gig was 300 people, um, and I thought it'd be a one-off in my own club. I had to put myself on at my own club in Manchester. <laughs> if I didn't have had the club, I probably wouldn't have got a gig. So, the, the you know, the thing is, is that it was wonderful to find. And I thought it'd be full of fat old blokes like me. Right. You know, balding blow blokes, no offence, mate. Um, <laughs> so it was delightful yeah. when we did play to realise that the span of ages was, well, you know, it, yeah, it was, it was, and as we played on um, and as we've gone around the world doing it and got better and better and, you know, met people's expectations, there was an awful lot of negative keyboard wizardry shall we say the old i could hear the keys going because i mean i had three singers lined up because i wanted to play bass yeah uh, three singers lined up and they were all terrified by the amount of criticism and um input shall we say from all these keyboard warriors on the internet and it was roetta from the happy mondays god bless her who actually said to me, okay, stop messing about. You're going to have to do it. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. They felt like very big shoes to fill. They really did. And, of course, the expectation from the fans was, was yeah, it was tremendous. And I must admit, I don't think I enjoyed a single moment 
of doing it for about six to eight months. Really? Wow. I was so frightened and I was so um, in awe of looking at Ian's words as closely as I did and, you know, hearing Ian's talent as closely as I had to. So, yeah, I mean, it was daunting. It, it really was. But the thing is, is that I found my perfect um, it's a bunch of companions. Yeah. People who love Joy Division. It was dead easy. And by virtue of the fact that we've carried on playing New Order and we've been through uh, most of the New Order LPs, we do get ready next year. Right. We start that in England next year. Get ready. I, I am going to do what I said I was going to do. All of them. Every yeah. song that New Order ever wrote, recorded. So we're COVID kicked it, but we're, we're back. So the thing is, is that we managed to pick up. Both fans, yeah. Some crossover, some don't. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's been um, very inspiring for me. It certainly um, put took me out of my comfort zone in many ways. So, so th- this is this is this is the thing, right? You know, you alluded to the fact that not many people got to see Joy Division. Um, no, you know, nobody. And the thing is, Joy Division has become one of these bands that's mythical. You know, and there's 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 a few of them. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's Joy Division, there's the Sex Pistols. There, there's bands that have transcended not just music, but they've also gone into fashion. You know, um, um, there's another one, The Doors. The I Doors, know. all a ton of them. And they yeah. become these, they become these icons um, on so many levels. So for someone to be able to go and hear, you know, an original member uh, perform that music in its entirety at a place where they've never heard it before, that's a treat. So I think that's the reason why these things have been able to, to, to last for over a decade and these yeah. kinds of shows. It sort of struck me, though, that personally, I used to listen to Ian, and Ian was our greatest fan. He really was. And he would sit there, and we'd have a drink, and he'd be going, oh, wait till we get to South America. Wait till we get to America. We're going to blow them all away. We're going to be this, and we're going to be that. And, you know, we'd sit there like, wow, oh, my God. He was so, so confident and so driven. Yeah. That it it was wow, this is great. You know, he was he was the best cheerleader yeah. the band could ever have. So the thing is, is that for me, whenever I get somewhere that Ian never made with Joy Division, I always feel an immense feeling of pride for being able to go, Ian, <laughs> yeah. there's another one off the list. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's the drive. I've definitely acquired his his drive and his ambition. And we were celebrating 40 years because it's important to me, as I said to you before, to keep the celebration going. Yeah. Let's keep this celebration going. We've got something wonderful here. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that was part of the reason why when we moved into New Order, playing the albums as they should sound, we, we played Joy Division as a warm-up. Because mm-hmm. I, I was too scared of losing them again. And then yeah. when we play New uh, Joy Division, we play New Order as well. Right. Vary it quite a lot for our own ends. So, yeah, I mean, we are keeping the the, the legacy, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm thinking that's what you were going to say. has yeah. been breathtaking yeah. in how it was dragged along by New Order and then in many ways has overtaken New Order. And I think most part now is neck and neck. Yeah. With it, new order, it, it, which is crazy, which is crazy when you think of the, you know, but but you're one of these guys that's had the opportunity to do something that not a lot of people get, and you changed music twice, 
um, you change music with New Order and then you change music with Joy Division. Both of them, I mean, it's not many people can say that they did that. Not many people can say that they were part of projects. Yeah, and even if I'm going to blow my own trumpet, I'd I'd have to say that those styles of music almost became a template. Oh, it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah, if people, if bands didn't sound like Joy Division, they they'd sound like New Order. Yeah, it was. It's quite weird, though. I mean, I, I, you know, again, yeah, it's weird. I mean, I was looking around um, the church hall today, mm-hmm. looking at those people there. You know, all united in grief uh, and sorrow for Paul's passing. But my God, you know, you someone should have said, "But haven't we all done well?" Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, to be, we were, uh, me and Clint, I was sat with Clint and um, Paul, my drummer from the light, and we were looking around and we were, even we, you know, Tony Wilson's son was there. Wow. Cannily looking like Tony Wilson. I mean, oh my God, I was doing, I was sneaking looks and doing double takes. Yeah. Because he looked so much like him. I couldn't, I've not seen him for a while and I couldn't believe it. And then. For you know, yeah, we we it was amazing, and and you know, it's the easiest thing in the world for me to to celebrate it because I think that you know most New Order fans know that it was always me that wanted to play, yeah. Whereas the others were were far more economical. <laughs> uh, I mean, I find it almost absolutely weirdly fascinating that that we, me, and them as New Order. Have worked more in our fifties and sixties than we ever did in our forties. <laughs> you know, when when yeah. we could have become millionaires and changed the world, uh, I, I was not allowed to do it, and <laughs> the others didn't want to do it. Right. And, um, yeah. Now we're in our fifties and sixties. We're all doing it. I was like, bloody hell! How did that happen? It, it's so new order yeah it's very it's, much you guys <laughs> it is not funny yeah. i mean and bonkers bonkers yeah uh, i got i got a chance to sit down with um with bono and with larry mullen jr and you know that that was a band that right off the bat said you know especially larry said you you, you guys are such a huge influence on his playing and, and how they were you know they you guys were the template for them so um you you think of that and it's it's mind blowing. So I agree with you. There's there's a lot of bands that that came after Joy Division that kind of had some of the recipe in there, and 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 it passed on. It's, it's funny remembering that day. I remember the day when we were doing Closer in Britannia Row, and uh, Martin said, "Oh, I've just got to go off for a few minutes. Got to meet this young band doing this first single." And we were like, "Yeah, yeah," but I mean, in those days, we worked so quickly. Mm-hmm. literally uh, an absence of 15 minutes felt like a day you know because <laughs> yeah. you were young yeah and he was missing for quite a while and uh i you know uh, ian was going you go and get him okay go and get him and barney was going okay go and get him <laughs> and i was going right i'll go and get him so anyway i stormed in the office where he was sat with this young band and said uh, martin martin are you um and the, the young band went like that Ooh. You know, they they were fifteen. Wow! Years old each. Uh, it was you two. They were getting Martin to do eleven o'clock TikTok. Wow! Their first single, 
And yeah, and people uh, have spoken to Bono about it. And I mean, all I did was go in and tell him to come back to us. You know, get your ass in here. We need to work. You know, we're on it. And uh, yeah, so it's quite odd. You know, the hell of a lot of history. Mm -hmm. Like I said to you before about the gathering today, you know, that amount of history and that amount of cross threads that you've got with so many people. I mean, you too, I think, have an admirable um, an admirable stance as a group. Mm. I, I must admit, I think they've written some great music. Oh yeah, they, they've written a lot of that's sounded very much like New Order. I will will say, but yeah, it, I take it as a compliment. Of course, know? of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, maybe when I'm you know I retire and I'm I'm running out of money fast, I might start suing the bastard. <laughs> but um, you know, <laughs> at the moment, lads, thank you. I mean, it, it was funny because uh, the bass player. Uh, when I did the Joy Division auction, I was auctioning Joy Division's six-string bass guitar. And, um, the, the bass player sent his roadie over to look this guitar over. And then he, he reported back that he wouldn't buy it because it had a crack in the neck. Okay. The reason it had a crack in the neck was because I'd hit some punk over the head with it who was spitting at Ian Curtis. Now, from my point of view, I thought that that, that crack was worth more than anything. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, it, it does. It does. It certainly was a historical crack, um, to say the least. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, yeah your your paths cross. Yeah. Musically and and otherwise, which which is quite interesting. But yeah, I mean, I must admit, uh, I'm very proud of the following that, that we've built up. I feel that we've met people's expectations. And I, I do feel that people realise, as you very kindly said before, that, you know, you're doing it with passion. Mm -hmm. You're doing it with the right amount of heart and soul, no pun intended. And, yeah, we, you know, it is about celebrating what was a very short period in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, Joy Division were, were professional, I think, for less than or maybe just six months. Wow. Unbelievable. That's crazy. We never earned a penny from Joy Division until the group had been finished for yeah. 10 years. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, absolutely weird, weird ride to go through. But yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. And, and it is a celebration. I must. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Being someone who's been at, 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 you know, quite a few of the shows over the years, it is a really, really good vibe. It's a great vibe in the room. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be said that the, the boys, Potsy, my partner in Revenge and Monaco, um, Paul, the drummer, Martin's the recent addition. And also, you know, you having my bass, uh, literally my bass being covered by my son. Well, then, and I want to get to that. So, but go ahead, <laughs> because I want to, I want to tell you about something, but go ahead. Well, I mean, my son, who I dragged out of college and his mothers have never forgiven me for it. <laughs> Um, both of them um, to join the band. He, he ran away to join the circus. Mm. He was he was all set up to be a translator at Manchester United Football Club. Oh wow! He spoke five languages. Wow! Yeah, he was he was doing really really well. And, and I, you and pulled I, him out of that to go play a couple music. of Monaco reformation gigs, and that was the end of that. So yeah, I mean, but you know, the great thing about doing what I did in two thousand and ten which mm. was uh, uncannily timing, was that he was exactly the same age oh, I... learning unknown pleasures as I was when we wrote. And 
that was gave me some weird. Yeah. Well, and he looks like you and he yes. plays like you. So you look over there and it's like, it's almost yeah. like, did he get a hologram installed? Well, here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you know, to go through the catalog mm-hmm. and to do closer and he was the same age. Yeah. And going through, and it isn't the playing of the songs, funnily enough, that brings the memories back. It's the working out of the songs. Yeah. Getting the little riffs together and putting them together and getting that that funny moment of when it just starts to come together and it's not quite there, but it's they are the most deja vu moments. I can imagine. in, In those occasions. They they were literally taking my breath away. Wow! You know, taking you back to how Joy Division actually did it. You know how the how the people did it. But yeah, I mean, we did a few gigs with Billy Corgan singing, along, and then the bastard Nick Nick nicked it. Uh, so this is what I was going to say. So here <laughs> I am. I I go to see the Smashing Pumpkins. The not on. They're they are doing this huge tour this summer. Uh, this winter, this mm-hmm. fall actually. I'm excited about with Jane's Addiction, but. A few years back, they did a great retrospective tour where they played their stuff from beginning to end, which I thought was brilliant because in the past, Billy's been known to just go and play the new music and not play any old stuff. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. So he goes on this last tour and plays a three-hour show from Gish all the way to the newest song. And I look on stage, I'm like, Jesus, that looks like, and it was. And I was like, what? So I was so happy for your son because, Mm. you know, I'm sure it's validation for him to get asked to play with the Smashing Pumpkins as well. Oh, my God. You sure. must be joking. You know what? This As a parent, I didn't think he'd go. Really? But, yeah. And you couldn't stop him. He was out of there. <laughs> like, like Usain Bolt, mate. <laughs> yeah. I said, where's he gone? He said, he's at the airport waiting already. You know what I mean? But no, I mean, it, it, it's, it was immensely, it's immensely proud of me. I'm to, sure. I'm that, sure. That my son is actually playing to... Uh, yeah, 20 times bigger gigs than I am, you know, the bastard. But yeah, no, he's, a, he's a great, he's a great bass player. He's man. a great bass player. And, and the thing is, it, you know, you, you can tell, I mean, obviously I know you, you, you have a relationship with Billy. I know he, he played with you guys at one point mm, on a tour a way long, back in the day. Relationship. Yeah. So, and I know he's a big fan. But mm. I also know from what I know about Billy Corgan, he's not going to have a slouch playing in his band. I mean, you've got to have chops. Oh, no, I know. I mean, judging by his um, employment record for fellow <laughs> musicians, is uh, it's only like Mark E. Smith and the Fall. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's had that many, and um, he's ruthless, isn't he? I believe that's what I've heard. Yeah, no, he, uh, I was as a father. Uh, I was immensely proud, and uh, yeah, I mean, Jack. Jack can play very, very much like me, mm-hmm. but he approaches um, he approaches it differently. He's actually more um, what's the word? He's more varied than I am. Okay, right. I mean, when I got offered the job as Killing Jokes bass player, right, I had to say to Jazz and Jordy, "I'm sorry, mate, I can't play that. I can't play like that. Yeah, it's just, I just couldn't do it." You know, not for any reason, whether it was bad, good, or anything. I just can't pick up other people's rips. I can't right. do it. And yeah. uh, when I was fifth in line for the Rolling Stones, right, as I heard from, uh, is it Doug Wish, Wimbush, who, who actually got the gig? I think he was fourth and, and got it, thank God. Okay. I would have had to say to Mick Jagger, if Mick Jagger had said to me, play Satisfaction, 
I would have had to give him a gun and go, just pull that trigger, mate. Because <laughs> I ain't playing that. <laughs> Not a chance. I, you know, I'm uh, tone deaf in, in that respect, but Jack isn't. Right. Jack is amazing. And I must admit that it's been very handy for him teaching me my riffs. <laughs> it's funny how the parents, um, you know, the children become the, the, the parents. Yeah, yeah. In, in many ways. So, yeah, no, it's been good and it's been nice. It, it's nice for me to go and see the pumpkins and see Billy. Yeah, he's done. I mean, the, the history is incredible. I remember uh, Joe Shanahan, who runs Metro in Chicago, bringing uh, a young man along to have dinner with us on our second tour of Chicago. And this kid was about 12, 11, maybe, something like that, 12. And he was sat there. He, he was, you know, dumbstruck. And we were all a bit cocky and having a laugh and drinking and all this. And this guy was sat there. And um, Joe actually got round to say, you know, and this is my friend Billy. He's going to be forming a group. And we were like, oh, are you son? Yeah, you know, pat him on the head and all that lot. And the next time I saw him, he was headlining the gig in Manchester as uh, as the Smashing Pumpkins. I was like, wow, he was the kid that had dinner with us. Massive fan, you know. It's, yeah, yeah, so it's really odd um, that your lives, again, as we said before, can be so close. Yeah. In, in so many ways. But, yeah, it's been good. I mean, you know, I, I have to say, I'm still enjoying it a great deal. Um, probably the only thing I'm not looking forward to um, because of the way the travel hell is over here. Yeah. Is throwing myself at the ripe old age of 66 into uh, a different airport every day. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm hoping that, um, you know, we, we, we have good fortune in, in that regard, to say the least. Um, you're going to be here on august 13th uh it, it's a pretty lengthy north american tour uh yeah. and so you you'd mentioned that there's plans to play further records and in your commitment to playing the entire catalog is there um have you ever thought what you would do after that um well i suppose in the in the joy division way we've waited 10 years and we've just decided to do it again <laughs> You know, I mean, it, it, it's a really odd situation to be in, and yet it's not odd because right. every time I go and play, all I see are the beaming faces of people yeah. who love this bloody music just as much as me yeah. and get together, you know, once every 10 years to hear it. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And I suppose in, a, in an odd way, my God, I, I, you know, I, I say I can't imagine being 76 and doing it, but I wouldn't be the first, would I? No, you would not. You I would mean, now it, it is like the, you know, maybe eating Elon Musk or whatever should be investigating people in groups because they seem to, um, <laughs> you know, manage to stay very young in, in their occupation. Um, yeah, it's almost quite spooky, isn't it? Maybe it's that half with the devil, you see. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I I I was at a festival this past weekend um, in Montreal, and there was a young guy there who had a Power Corruption and Lies T-shirt on. Which oh, you know, wow. again, another you know, the album covers behind me. It, it, it's it's another one of those iconic images that that has been appropriate. You know, fashions grabbed it. It's it's everywhere. Like you know, like the Joy Division album cover. 
And I said to him, I said, oh, you are you a big fan? He goes, oh, man. He goes, I, I just discovered them a while back. He goes, they're just incredible. And I said, well, I'm talking to the bass player on next week. And he was like, what? <laughs> and, and, and I told him, you know, you should really come check the show out because, and he had no idea. And I said, man, this is, this is a chance for you to see this music played, you know, the, the right way. And, and he immediately messaged me two days later and he goes, I picked up a ticket and he was oh, excited. Good. Well, but by God, you're, you're handy to have. <laughs> no, but I mean, it just Stay shows you lead. that a lot of it is, it's that, it's that education sometimes. I, I hope you've not been doing the same and negating the ticket sales for new order. And uh, no, I, I, cause I do, I do have a respect for all of you guys. I really, really do. And I, and I, and I also understand personal. Oh man, I was hoping it was the other way, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I don't, I don't, um, I think, and, and what I was going to say, um, you at the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned how, you know, nobody really, um, nobody really looked back on the anniversaries at all. And no. do you ever think maybe they didn't look back on the anniversaries because it was too painful? I'm, I'm not sure about that. I mean, thing I mean, do you think because because you guys did go through a pretty traumatic experience, right? Yes. Yes. So definitely. maybe it's the kind of thing where you just forge on. And for, I mean, I'm just talking for you, maybe with with a bit of um, reflection and looking back on it, you know, with, with a bit of time elapsed, maybe it was just everybody's way of coping with it. Well, possibly, but don't yeah. forget the sort of trauma that we went through with the Hacienda and yeah. the trauma that we went through being new order was, was uh, yeah, neck and neck with Ian's death um, as a tragedy. So, yeah, I mean, we have, you know, Tony Wilson said, the most amazing thing to me when I was moaning yet again in 92 or 93 when Factory were going bankrupt. Uh, and I was saying, oh, my God, you know, the bloody trouble we've had all the way from 1978 to now. And he said, hooky, he said, look on the bright side. We've kept you miserable. And because of that, you've made great records. <laughs> yeah. I guess it gives us one way to look at it. Yeah. There, there, there was no argument because, you know, I think there's one thing that we do know is, is that um, happy, happy musicians generally, we'd have to say, um, don't make, you know, great. they make shit music. <laughs> yes. They, 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 <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I mean, you, I learned something then um, that it was all for a purpose. And, you know, to be honest, again, bringing it back today when I was stood with all those people that I've known since, a lot of them since 1978 and watched our careers go and move and, you know, help the Stone Roses when I did their first single, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, I wouldn't swap. Well, you know, I'd love Ian to be here. That's yeah. probably about the only thing I would swap, but all the other experiences I think were vital, uh, as you know, probably in life for making you the person that you are now. Yeah, I couldn't no, agree more. It, that's the the strangest thing in the world. You have to. I found a way in 2007 to like myself mm. because I didn't like myself. I was living a lie. I felt that we were shortchanging our fans, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and I couldn't handle it. And the happiest I became was dumping the thing that was most important to me. Pretty much the same way when I had to give up drinking and drinking. Right. I felt they were the most important things in my life when really they they weren't. And you do have to go through these experiences because they make you the person that you are. 110%.
simple as that. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really, You're really welcome, my it. friend. I'll give us a wave. Yeah, We're and I will COVID free and um, trying to make sure we finish the tour from top to bottom. So we we, we won't be able to you know grin or grip or say hello uh, as much as certainly as I'd like. But yeah, give us a wave. One hundred ten percent. We'll be there and uh, and All continued right, success and keep being you. Oh, thank you. And you take care of yourself. Take care, man. Bye. Bye. You know, Joy Division's been around my whole life. I've always heard their songs and I've always heard the name, but I really first connected with them when I saw that movie Control. Mm, yeah. About them. Yeah. And uh, I and, and then I started, you know, going further and further and I kind of realized I'm like, the song Dead Souls um, was covered by Nine Inch Nails in the Crow soundtrack. And that was up until that point, my favorite Nine Inch Nails song, yeah. not realizing it was a cover. Yeah. And then at Ottawa Comic-Con years ago, um, I met James O'Barr, who created The Crow, and he said he listened to a lot of Joy Division when making the original Crow graphic novel, like mm -hmm. a lot of Joy Division. And um, he had asked Trent Reznor, who was a friend of his, to cover that song. Wow. And Trent said, "You, there's two things you don't do. You don't cover the Beatles. You don't cover Joy Division. <laughs> yeah. So James O'Barr, the creator of The Crow, actually had to uh, you know, str lightly strong arm his buddy Trent Reznor into recording that song. When I heard that, Jason, my teenage goth brain ex melted on sight, kind of like yeah. the end of Evil Dead when the book gets destroyed. Yeah. And a little bit of Alex from Clockwork Orange staring up at the screen, staring up the screen. My my consciousness could not handle all that cool Joy Division, Nails, and The Crow all cr coinciding and dueling in yeah. my brain at once. It was great. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, what I love about Peter's playing is that, uh, you know, as a young guy growing up playing bass and feeling bass player inadequacy, where, you know, you're almost trying to put in more notes. It just kind of seemed like Peter's lines, every line was necessary. It always seemed yeah. like the bass was in the forefront, but not in a please notice me type of way. He really filled the wall of Joy Division. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. I thought that was just incredible, especially considering Level Terrace Apart, I think, doesn't have any guitar, barely has any guitar in it. It's really bass and keyboard so a, a lot um and mm. and he played the bass like a lead guitar i mean he was the star of that band he always was the star of that band especially from the live aspect you know and i think it was because he was playing um a, a bass that had such a prominent uh part in the music i mean it's it's at the forefront of the mix it's 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 always so so and some of the most memorable lines musical lines in new order and joy division music are the bass lines so um, great guy, really, really pleasure to chat with him. And, uh, and I'm really looking forward to the show that's going to be happening, um, this coming Saturday in Montreal. Uh, he's playing club soda and he's going to be doing a huge tour all over North America. So if you get a chance to see Peter hook in the light, do yourself a favor and go check him out. I also want to give a big shout out to, uh, our, our friends at studio house designs, uh, always making us look fresh. Uh, you are wearing the alien shirt, which I, I wore when I was in San Diego comic-con. I got so many, so many compliments on that shirt and I'm rocking the Pulp Fiction. Um, which is a great shirt as well. So go well, check I them wore out. this shirt uh, in my bathroom earlier. It's not as prestigious as San Diego Comic-Con, <laughs> but, uh, you know. Oh, whatever. Was, I'm just saying. some fanfare. There was there there was a, an alien installation there, and I took a picture next to it, and a lot of people made made a lot of noise. So whatever. It looks good in your bathroom <laughs> as well. Uh, and our thanks also to Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Uh, check them out. I'm holding up the Blueberry Habanero, and uh, this one is wonderful out of Thunder Bay, Ontario, heartbeathotsauce.com. And if you use our promo code ROCKMAN20, 
right down there. You will get 20% off your entire hot sauce order. So check them out, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Uh, thanks to my co-host, Ryan Stick. Uh, thanks to our producer, Julia Kajerski. And next week on the show, we are going to have Classless Act, which were, uh, you know, they're, th- this band absolutely rocks. Um, they're on tour right now with Motley Crue and with Def Leppard, and uh, they're tearing stages up across North America. So we're really, really looking forward to chatting with them. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and uh, tell your friends all about this podcast if you're enjoying it. We'll see you next week.